Hey everybody, my name is Axel Villamil. This is 24 Shades of Blue. We are here with Crystal Jones, who is the co-founder and president of the Toronto Beyond the Blue. Crystal, how are you doing? I'm well. Good, good, amazing. Nice to be in the studio, hanging. We had a great chat on the phone. I'm here to get into it. Now let's just let's just go there. What is Toronto Beyond the Blue and why was it created? So Toronto Beyond the Blue, it's really, it's so funny because it means a lot of different things to different people. And for us, when we created it, it was at a time when our families needed support that just didn't exist or it was really hard to find. And what we have become today is a trusted organization that connects people with resources that they need in order to thrive. Why is it important to you to work on breaking the stigma surrounding mental health in the force? As a spouse of a police officer, um, 12 years in, I should probably mention that. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 12 years. Um, I have boys that very much want to follow in their father's footsteps. And for me, my role that I'm doing today will significantly impact the way mental health is treated the day that they're sworn in as police officers. Um, you know, it's so funny. I always see those memes that say like, a worried mom does better investigation than the FBI. Well, Crystal Jones is your mom, <laughs> tries to change the way mental health is treated for the rest of your life. So <laughs> you sound like a TV show character that is like a superhero, <laughs> Crystal Jones coming in. Um, I mean, I, I totally get that. I feel like, especially for the boys, um, mental health hasn't been always the biggest thing that you know, you're, it's so taboo and it's like, you're not a man, you know, but as, as things have been changing over there, which is great because me personally, I'll talk about my feelings all day, um, and, and be emotional if I have to, uh, because I do want to sometimes. And I think having a space, especially in a job that seems so, you know, manly as in the police force, um, changing that stigma is super important. How did you, um, how do you think you're doing so far? You know what? Our numbers for how many members feel safe to come to us speaks for itself. We have something over uh, 7,000 people who've registered uh, through our website and follow us on social media. Um, it, it's, it's incredible to see because we don't just stop with active members. We also reach out to retired members or members who have left the service. Um, it's important because those injuries will follow you if they're not treated. And one day people will wake up and as sad as it is to say, and I don't want to get you crying, mm -hmm. but they, they kind of look around and they kind of just wake up and they realize, wow, I've got two failed marriages. My kids don't talk to me. I'm spending $1,000 a month on alcohol or drugs. Something's wrong. And then you feel like it's just too late. And it's never too late. It's just a matter of finding the right people to help you. And that's why we exist. Absolutely. I think it's just like, being able to have a conversation is such a great, you know, thing to have because the power of that is 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 huge. Uh, and I think you and your team can at least do that and keep going. I think uh, one of the things I wanted to get into as well is like I'm, I was thinking about your boys and I'm like, oh my gosh, what a interesting uh, life they must play because you know I've never thought or really put myself in their shoes as having an officer as a parent. So what is that like for them? It's tough. Um, some children are very much, they don't really focus so much on, on the fact that their parent is a police officer. My children, for the first five years of, like, of life for them, they couldn't leave the house without some sort of police costume on. I was getting groceries with, in police uniforms and stuff like that. They're very proud. They're proud blue family is what we're called. And it's tough. Um, 
you know, we had a, a critical uh, incident that involved my spouse. And uh, for the longest time after, it, it was all over the news and it was at school and people were talking to uh, my sons and my daughter about it. And um, we weren't prepared to have those conversations yet. And it kind of robbed us of that ability to do that in a safe way um, where they felt like they were supported and, and kind of ahead of it. But when stuff like this happens, it's not age appropriate. Yeah. So I feel like our kids sometimes have to grow up a little bit sooner. Um, plus, you know, having a dad that is a policeman uh, and my husband's been with Toronto Police Service. He's in his 25th year. He just had his 25th anniversary on May 5th, I believe it was. But um, it's tough, you know, like my husband has seen horrible things. He he stumbled upon a human trafficking situation and rescued three girls. And that stuff, when you have young children and, and our daughter, she's uh, she's going to be 17. It, it you <laughs> like that, This is somebody's world, right? Like that's somebody's child. And um, I feel like my kids, they grow up not in a bubble, um, but definitely... I'm overbearing. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? <laughs> um, I'm always talking about thoughts, feelings, yeah. emotions. Oh my God, literally. On a, <laughs> I was on a call with my mom because I'm going through stuff too. And yeah. she's like, I just got to talk to you about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I just need to enjoy it or go through it on my own. But you know what? It's like as much as your kids may say that, we're really like, no, it's okay. We can talk a little more because like, you know, not everybody's parents do that. Like, I think that's huge that you do that for your kids. That's awesome. I mean, I never had it. So it was like, yeah, same with her. It's at, at 17 too. She's probably like realizing a lot of stuff. You know, you're at that age where you're like, the world is just widening and opening. And you're like, oh no, I got to think more and be a person. <laughs> um, I, I, you have a great lens and so does your kids into the inside of a police officer. You know, what are some things, um, the struggles officers face maybe behind closed doors that you feel like the public should know about? So it's funny, I, I've had this conversation with some of my non-policing friends. And because uh, one of the things is, is our loved ones are always working. Uh, we, we celebrate a lot of holidays at home. And that's why Toronto Beyond the Blue um, implemented the, we have a, a Santa coin that you put out on the night that your parents are together and everyone's a family. And then the Santa coin beacons to Santa to let him know that, okay, drop our presents off tonight. Uh -huh. And that was one of the things that we implemented in order to kind of reduce the anxiety for children around the holidays. Um, so that's one of them is our kids experience these holidays differently. Um, Shift work is is definitely tough. And, you know, I grew up with a mom who worked shift work. My mom was a single mom. She worked in a factory. So she did her, you know, rotating shifts. I can tell you the difference between my mom's shifts and what my husband goes through is also the psycho, like how psychologically draining yeah. it is. I bet. I bet. And I, I like I've never witnessed like that kind of tired. And it makes them irritable and they're like their sleep is off. They get irritable. Um, they're not eating properly, like things like that. So we have to actually make it a point to be health conscious. It must be tough to like constantly think like, okay, I got to separate myself from the situation. I got to like take the time, you know, for me. I can only imagine being on your toes all day with like 
everything. Everything. Yeah. And you never know what's coming, right? Like, yeah, it's interesting. I, I bet. I feel, I mean, you know, let's, let's take it back. Let's talk about even the deepest stuff. Like over the last couple of years, let's be real, anti, you know, anti-police sentiments have been on a rise. Um, how is that bias taking a toll on officers, you know, especially in your case uh, that you've seen to come seek help? Yes, it hurts. Um, just even for, from someone who, <laughs> you know, I understand a lot where a lot of the hurt and the, the rage can come from. When I was a child, the police failed me. Where it's different is <sighs> they get into policing because they want to make a difference. And they do it because they actually legitimately care about other people. And this is the, the greatest thing that they can do to make an impact on the world around them. So I guess when you're, when you're probably younger, I want to say three to five years in, um, you're still in love with the job. It's still exciting. It hasn't really hit you yet. And then sometimes things can happen where we get a lot of members who feel like they've been kind of left behind by, by, the, by the service or the association. Um, not anyone in specific, but it, it is a sentiment. And I feel like for them, that hurt is actually deeper than what they're seeing on the news. So sometimes when they become um, ill mm -hmm. or injured and they go off work, one of the big things that they call us for is to say like, nobody's checked in with me in six months. And for me, you know, a, a, a huge suicide prevention tool would be having somebody that they respect just check in on them. I mean, just speaking to many people on the forest from Raymer all the way down to anybody who's on the road, you know, it's, it sounds like over the years it has gotten better. Like before there's zero programs, mm -hmm. you know, this was not a thing. Mental health, what? You, that's yeah. on your own time. Mm -hmm. um, but with this type of job, there's a lot to compartmentalize. It's so complex. Um, I can only imagine what, you know, you've seen and, you know, what your husband goes through as well. Um, now back with, you know, what you do, what are those programs now? If we could tell everybody out there, what programs exist, what are they offered, who benefits from them, et cetera? We work with a lot of not-for-profits. Um, we like to, and because a lot of the people who have started not-for-profits have lived experience in the field. Some of them have been first responders for an entire career, went back to school, became accredited in, in an area. So we work with those people. Um, we do have a vetting process. So we ensure that it, it meets a very specific criteria um, that we deem healthy for our members in order to make referrals. Um, that's an area that I play a very large role in. Um, living with complex PTSD, you can only hear so many times from a therapist like, I the, the, I can't help you, <laughs> you know, like there's nothing more I am so damaging than being told like, oh my God, <laughs> I made my therapist cry and she fired me. Like it, it's... I didn't even know that's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. So we try to eliminate that uh, reaction. Um, we work with uh, a lot of... So we have other chapters mm -hmm. throughout Canada. Um, and we work with those sister chapters as well to share uh, a lot of the programming because Toronto is where it's at for mental health programming, um, 
being like workshops that strengthen and support police families. We work with the the trauma center in Sharon. We do a lot of work uh, with boots on the ground. Um, they're a great resource for peer support. We have our own internal peer support team for members who wish to, to talk to somebody who is Toronto police uh, centric or for spouses or parents of police officers who uh, want to talk to another TPS because services are different. They just naturally are. Um, and ours is, is you know, no, not an exception to that rule. Um, we run... Uh, a very small children's program for Toronto. And it's so funny because a lot of the things that happen within Toronto Beyond the Blue, they come because I had a dream about it. There's a new program. So does the whole thing <laughs> be like, oh, a dream happened last night for and that's sure. It. <laughs> People are like, oh my gosh, Crystal. Oh my God. So this program is designed to connect TPS children with each other. And I really thought it out in the way of, do you remember when we were little kids in school and we had pen pals in different countries? That's the idea behind it. Was it, was it from that or did you have a dream about that? Well, I had a dream that this was like so successful and everybody was like, yeah, BTB buddies. And I could see it in my dream. See, it's funny. I never had it. I was so jealous when I saw other kids from schools, like talking to my friend in like India. And I'm like, I'm talking to nobody here. <laughs> They're my friends in Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. No, I had a friend in France. Um, it was so cool because just seeing my sons, when they got their pen pal letters, it was like my, my oldest son, Colton, he's like, he likes Roblox. This is the coolest kid alive. Is it actually letters? Yeah. Oh, cool. I made it like letters. Nice. We're like, yeah, letters. Good. It was so important to me that it was not on a tablet, not done on a PC unless they typed it out, right? Like I wanted it to just stick with that art of receiving a letter from someone you care about randomly. It's a raw feeling, right? Especially with yeah. the way they write. Um regardless if there's spelling errors or not, the paper itself, like, yeah. is it a, and you get stamps too. Stamps are back in action now. Yeah, stamps. Yep. I had, I had stamps. <laughs> I was a stamp kid. It's so funny. I love it though. It's so great. We have like, right now we have about 100 kids and we're growing and we've just uh, shifted our program now to focus on um, engaging younger kids. So between the ages of like two and four um, with uh, like a BTB buddies bedtime story. So we have like people within the service. So Chief Raymer was amazing. Uh, and he's recording bedtime stories for us to send out to our TVTV kids. That's so great. Police families, yeah. like sometimes your officer, or your dispatcher or whomever just isn't home for bedtime. And they can have like a story from someone in uniform and it's, it's just, it was really well received. And I was really happy to see how excited the adults were to, to just read these stories and just be so animated. That's, uh, please let me know if there's any room I would love to, I know I'm not an officer, but if I could do it, I'm telling, I'm calling Raymer and I'm like, Hey, can you do one for me and the team? Um, <laughs> So in terms of the kids, how frequent is the conversation? Is it every week, every month? How does it work? We let them just kind of dictate. Um, we do have like a, you know, after two weeks, maybe so maybe send something job, yeah. uh, because they'll get excited waiting for it. But um, we let them dictate the, the friendship. And 
uh, we also let them say like, okay, I've got this one under control. I want to get another one, right? And so we have very open and fluid dialogue with the parents, which is really nice. And it it fosters that community of support that we're, we're always trying to get. Um, the camaraderie and we're, we're trying to develop these little emotional connections with other police kids so that when they grow up, they have like this tight friend base that they can kind of rely on that understands what it's like to be the kid of cops. Of course, you're creating a very niche set of children here, which is they're going to be like, hey, remember when we sent letters? <laughs> other kids are like, no. <laughs> Um, well, it's cool. You're right. It's just, it's for the future, right? And kids are the future. And, you know, the support around this is, is huge, right? Especially nowadays, mental health is it's the hot thing. It's been the hot thing. And I think it's only hot because everybody's like, Oh, thank God, I can talk about my mental health freely. So I would love to talk about uh, the mental health gala and the TBTB hosts and the achievement of the winners. Tell us about it. Basically, we've asked people throughout the province of Ontario to name their champion of change. So these are people who have improved the mental health um, programming or approach within their service. Um, we're recognizing community partners who have very limited budgets on treating people with mental injuries um, that are first responders. And then we want to recognize associations, the the people who are out there fighting for, you know, their rights as police officers and um, just making sure that we recognize the ones that are actually saying, no, mental health is a priority for us. It doesn't just fall at the feet of the service. We all need to work together to prove everyone's mental health and how it's received and supported during those moments where the help is needed. Absolutely. I, I mean, it, that's great that you have it. Uh, I forget who it was we spoke to, um, but they're like, do you hear about this mental health gala? <laughs> like, there's a gala? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, there is. So the gala itself is going to be awesome. It, it's championing a lot of these police officers and association members who have made changes. Like I, the network of people that we've received is phenomenal. Some of them I, I know uh, on a personal level, but others I had no idea. So then I go and I investigate, right? And I'm just like, whoa, this is amazing. So um, for me... <sighs> It's so hard too because I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, so and so is going to be there. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, so and so from this not for profit that nobody knows is going to be there. <laughs> I'm that person. I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> fan girl, right? But <laughs> it's uh, there are a lot of very prestigious people that will be there. Um, Chief Framer will be in attendance, and uh, the the OPP will be there. The the commissioner, like very incredible people who are very high ranking within our law enforcement community. But honestly, like I'm so stoked about having like just people who've created a, a you know, a food drive that just like drops food off to people when they need it. You know, like that's my hero. Those are people that I love. Whenever I hear people like that, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I was like, wow. Like, you know, it's just genuine care and genuine kindness. There's not a lot of that at least being shown. And uh, I'm glad you're, you know, creating a space, a gala event to actually champion all these people that are coming and, you know, having a space for all of them to be together. Um, I'm about to ask you what tips or programs 
would you suggest to the caregivers for of officers to maintain and sustain their own mental health? We have a program um, that we actually work with another organization. It's called Pulse. Um, and it is basically a boot camp for operational stress injuries. If you are a caregiver, spouse, or parent of somebody who's struggling with one, um, it was created by uh, a registered nurse and... Um, they work with uh, military families and this has been developed over years and it's phenomenal. I, because we vetted, I go through all the programming myself. <laughs> so I've been through the ringer <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> I've discovered some things about myself, um, but it's, it's phenomenal because it really helps you understand. I find a lot of programming. It, it's, it doesn't make an excuse for the behavior but what it does is it says, okay, this is the behavior, but this is when you need to pull the shoot and you need to like take a step back, focus on self-care. What does that look like for you? And then we really start working on how do we take care of ourselves? What does our support network look like? Who are our safe people to talk to? That's where the value is. And you don't necessarily need medication and all those things. And while I've said to you before, I'm pro-medication, I take medication you know, I support that. It's also just not the only solution. Talk therapy, intensive therapy, it, it's so important. Going out, connecting with a friend, laughing, having a coffee, things like that, that feel so trivial and small, they make you feel validated and seen. And you have somebody's attention, undivided. And then when you go home, everything else is focused on your spouse, your loved one. When my husband was going through some really heavy stuff. Um, I was struggling. And then I felt selfish. I felt like, oh my God, he's got like, the world is collapsing on us. And I'm worried about myself right now. Like I'm a horrible person. I'm like, and I started doing that negative self-talk. And I just want those people to know that those are normal feelings. And connecting with another spouse of a police officer will really help you understand that you're not alone. Those feelings are okay. And this is what we can do with them. This is how we can help you. For all those people that are feeling like that, you know, especially dealing with, you know, either being in the force or, or, or you know, being related to one spouse, what would you say they do right now? If they're listening right now and they're just feeling it, what would they do? I would just say, like, give your person a, like a hug. Tell them that you love them um, and that you're a safe person to talk to. If it's someone who's listening to it and maybe that hasn't worked, go on our website, visit our website. It's all free. You don't have to pay for anything. Everything that's on there has been vetted by me personally. <laughs> um, and you'll be happy that you did. You're going to find a, a community of people who just understand it, understand you in a way that you've never felt before. Before Beyond the Blue, I thought I had friends and family. The people that I have brought into my adoptive family now are just phenomenal. People who are who just care. And there's no strings attached. Um, they're just honest, good people. And right now we have a volunteer base of 40 amazing people that like, I just, I, I, I'm so grateful every day that I, like, I wake up and I know that these people are pushing our vision and, you know, that Darius's life will, will always be remembered through the work that 
our people are doing. Absolutely. As we wrap up, is there anything you do want to say uh, for yourself or on behalf of Toronto Beyond the Blue? Thank you for giving us this opportunity. And if you want, I'll set a table aside at the gala. You're more than welcome Let to Let us come. know. And I just want to thank you for doing you know, such amazing work. It's not an easy profession. It's not easy to be involved with that profession in what way or form. And um, the fact there's people like yourself and all those awesome, genuine people that make me feel like crap are being so good and caring um, that they're out there doing some great work. So. Crystal, I want to thank you so much for being here. That was 24 Shades of Blue, and we're out. Hi.